It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the mind of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm Josh Gessman coming to you from Corner of the Galaxy Studios on July 30th, Monday, July 30th, as the LA Galaxy actually get a whole week off. Well, most of the players do anyway. A whole week off before they'll face off against the Colorado Rapids coming up this Saturday. That game is in Colorado. Uh, We'll, of course, have a live show on Thursday to help you out and get you ready for that game. But uh, we have to, of course, talk about the LA Galaxy's 4-3 victory over Orlando City. The ugliness, the craziness, everything in between. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Giovanni Del Santos all having big games, and we're going to do that. And to help me do it, as he always is, the panda himself is back in the house. It's Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kevin, how you doing, buddy? All right, how are you? By the way, I, I saw, I was following on Twitter with everybody else your race to the stadium last night. Um, I don't know, check your in, your email inbox. I sent you uh, this thing called a schedule. Galaxy puts out a schedule and it has the dates and the times of all the games so that you do not ever uh, get caught in that situation again. You might just kind of like plan ahead. That's that seems like I you know I booked that flight about like three months ago so I wasn't I was I saw that there was a game and I'm like eh, I'll just miss it and then I realized there was a possibility I would make it and then I was determined to make it so I went from and I would like I would like this to be on the record I went from my seat on the airplane to my car in less than ten minutes and in less than fifteen minutes from the time the airplane touched the gate. I was on the 405 North, headed north, and uh, and ready for the uh, the game that started at at 6:30, right, Kevin? That's when those games start. 6:30 or or uh, 6:40. More like to, uh, five minutes to seven. But why didn't you take Corner of the Galaxy One, uh, the corporate helicopter? That could have got you right right there. It was it was in for its annual check. Obviously, it was it, uh-huh. it had some engine stuff. They were working on some fan blades. It was fine. Anyway, well, I mean, it, you know, if you were going to miss a game, last night's game clearly would be the one you want to miss. Nothing happened. It was just a, a real snooze fest. Siggy Schmidt says after the game that if they keep this up and i'm paraphrasing i have the direct quote i can find it but he says basically uh he told the team that if they keep this up he's going to be 90 by the time the season ends uh putting some age on on siggy schmidt with the amount of uh, of comebacks the la galaxy now four comebacks That's four in a row yeah four, four in a row where they come back from a first half deficit to get a result um and, and on one, there's good and bad to this in my mind. One is Ziggy certainly figured out the halftime speech. I mean, Sebastian Legette talked about that yesterday. That that there was a blistering halftime speech, um, and, but you know it's worked four times. Ziggy has made uh, an appeal to the team with his speech, but he's also made some tactical changes in the second half of each of those four games. Let's give Ziggy a lot of credit. Um, you know, he's figured out a way to light a fire into this team and get them to play that he that, the way he wants them to play. Um, that's a good thing that Ziggy's been able to figure it out. But a bad thing is I'm wondering if there's a little bit of a lack of urgency and I don't think anybody would admit it's there. It's almost like kind of under the, under the skin a little bit, like the team's thinking, you know what, we're going to come back. What's the big deal? It's two to nothing at halftime or one to nothing, whatever, two to one. No problem. We're going to come back in the second half. They're not going to come back in the second half every time. Um, it's just the level of competition that they're going to be playing. It's, it's, you know, it's tough. And if they keep thinking that they're, they're always going to pull it out and the Zolotan's always going to have a second-half hat trick, 
um, you know, that, that could cause some problems. Yeah. I mean, it can. And, and, you know, the, the big question and something even the players were asking themselves after the game was if we can do this in the second half, then why don't we just start the game? Like it's the second half. And I think somebody even said that as a matter of fact, they said, uh, yeah, Siggy told us to start this game. Like it was the second half. And he goes, and it's just not there. I don't know. The urgency's not there. I, I listen, I want to tip my cap to Siggy Schmidt because the halftime adjustments he's been making have been winning or drawing these games. Um, he talked about in the LAFC game his ability to exploit the outside backs in, uh, of LAFC and how they tucked inside and how moving Roman out to one side and Pontius out to the other side would give them space. It's exactly what happened. I mean, he again, you don't coach in the, in the league for 19 years and not understand how some of this stuff, but it's why can't you, as a coach, figure that out from the game tape and get it right in, in the first half? And it just, I don't even know if it's his fault. I believe that he's setting this team up for what he believes is success. And even he will acknowledge, Kevin, as he did to us, that he has the off, the offense is playing in the correct formation. It's just a matter of the defense. And so it's trying to figure out what the defense is trying to do. And, and you talk about a guy who was not dumbstruck, that's, 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 but just without any explanations last night. It was Ashley Cole. Um, stepped in the scrum, Kevin. Adam Serrano asked him a question about, you know, you know, what can you do to fix the defense? That was the first question out of the bag. And Ashley Cole sat there, you know, his eyes sort of towards the ground. He paused for a second, looked up at, at Adam and said, I don't know. And that was the entirety of the answer for that. I mean, we got Ashley talking after that, but you could see he's perplexed. He was upset. I mean, some of these teammates were upset too about that game and how it went through. So, I mean, it's not all, it's not all happy everywhere right now. And I, I don't think fans expected it to be happy, but the, the winning is hiding some some really bad, bad things that are happening. Well, I want to talk a little bit about Ziggy. And, and you mentioned it. I, I think Ziggy gets a ton of credit. Remember, it was only a couple months ago that some fans were calling for Ziggy to be fired. And we were answering questions on the show about whether, you know, Ziggy needed to be replaced or whether they're going to move on from Ziggy Schmidt. Um, it, I, it's a nine-game unbeaten streak now. It's the longest in two years. I do think he's pushed a lot of the right buttons. Uh, I, I think he's done some brilliant things. Like he, you know, Ola Kamara was the big offseason acquisition. He because that was before Zlatan came in, and Ola was the guy they wanted. He was the guy they were building around. Zlatan comes in. All of a sudden, Ola Kamara, who is the star, um, Ziggy has to tell him, "Look, you got to track back and play defense because we can only have one guy standing in front of the net, and that's going to be Zlatan. So you got to track back and play defense." To own. To Ola's credit, he did it immediately, and and has been a, uh, you know, a full field player the whole time. Uh, Ziggy was able to get him to buy in the team concept. With Roman, it was a little bit more difficult, and I think that's why you've seen Roman benched for a few games. I think Ziggy wanted to get his attention and let him know, you need to track back and play defense too. Um, you, last year, you were a leading scorer. You had the most assists. You were able to just be the offensive weapon. Our team has changed. Our roster has changed, and you need to do other things. He got Roman's attention, and Roman has ha had a great July. Um, and now he's playing, you know, like Ola. He's tracking back on defense, playing defense, doing other things, helping the team in other ways. I give Ziggy a lot of credit for that. And I, I think back to two years ago when it, when he was with Seattle, and they came down to L.A. for a U.S. Open Cup game, and they lost it. And the next day I came out to training. It was a really hot day. Ziggy sat on the end of the bench down on the old Chivas field. I guess that's field number three at StubHub. While, while Seattle was training, um, he was not on the field. He was not talking to any players. He sat on the end of the bench and talked to me. 
And he looked completely lost. I mean, this is the winningest coach in MLS history. He got taken Seattle with the eight straight playoffs at that time, playoff appearances. Looked completely lost, had no idea, no answer for what was going on with the Sounders. Got fired uh, three days after we spoke. Um, and when he came back to the Galaxy last year, I was tr- trying to think, what, what's, you know, what's the plan here? Does Ziggy still have that fire? And I remember last September when the Galaxy were really, really in the throes of that terrible streak. They weren't going anywhere. There was a lot of infighting with the team. It was just an ugly situation to be around. Another hot day, Ziggy standing in the middle of the field screaming expletives at his players, trying to get them to do what he wanted in training. And I thought, this guy is back. You know, he hasn't he hasn't lost. He's found it again. Yeah. He's really fired up. That was a team that wasn't going to go anywhere. They were trying not to finish last. And Ziggy was uh, screaming at them like they were getting ready for the World Cup final. Um, I, I'll never forget that. It really impressed me. And and now that Ziggy was able to take the offseason and put this team together the way he wanted it, you're right. He had, didn't have all the answers. Um, but the the fire is back. And this guy is the winningest coach in MLS history for a lot of reasons, not just because he's been around forever, but because he's a good coach. And, um, you know, I, the Galaxy are back. It, it, last season was a train wreck. But this team is playing very, very well. And, yes, right now they're in the streak of playing a lot of uh, a lot of sub-500 teams. Uh, and, and they need to continue winning in November to, or in August, rather, to, to to stay in the playoff race. But the Galaxy's back. I mean, this was the team that we saw in the Bruce Arena. They're playing attractive football. They're not giving up. They're playing winning uh, football. And I don't know. It's 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 fun again. It's fun again to, to watch them play, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it is fun, first of all. It's been fun all season. I mean, this is Zlatan Ibrahimovic and... and- Listen, this last game against Orlando, and, and really to focus in on this, and I even asked Sebastian Legette this question, was the Galaxy were playing with flair, Kevin. There was some ego on the field from the entire team. They were being cheeky with passes as they were trying to create offense. And listen, the offense is not the problem, all right? We all know that. Uh, the Galaxy offense is actually a t- among the top four in Major League Soccer right now. That's right. Top four in Major League Soccer, LA Galaxy offense, um, they sit fourth with 43 goals having been scored. Uh, they're tied technically for third with New York City FC. Um, if you look at it uh, behind LAFC, who has 44 goals, just one more, and Atlanta United, who has 48 goals. So they're only five but, goals behind Atlanta but, United. But in the last 11 games, which uh, nine yes. of those games are unbeaten, in the last 11 games, they lead MLS. They're averaging nearly three goals a game. Yeah, and I think in the last 10 games, they've scored 27 goals, <laughs> which is tops in Major League Soccer as well. So, I mean, you're seeing it start to click. The offense isn't the problem. Siggy Schmidt admits it. The guys admit it. Nobody thinks the offense is the problem here. It's the balance. Where's the balance on this team? I mean, the defense was atrocious. Absolutely. Jorgen Shelvick left out to dry. Siani left out to dry. Um, you know, Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole beaten twice. He, he Horribly on the first goal. He, he is a guy who I don't know if we're starting to see just the minutes add up on his legs, the age catching up with him, or the fact that the Galaxy are in a are playing him in a position that it may, might be asking too much for him. I mean, it, they are playing him in sort of that wing-back position where he's asked to tuck into the midfield and then drop back on defense. It's a lot for him. Um, you know, he, he, there were times last night when the Galaxy looked like traffic cones. Uh, Perry Kitchen looked like he started the game tired, and and really the last maybe two or three games from Perry Kitchen have been 
not great games. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos had a, had some good hustle, uh, especially in the second half. You saw that his passing was much better than it was against LAFC. Jonathan Dos Santos had a horrible game against LAFC up until you know the final 20 minutes of that game. He played well. Uh, I'll tell you, it's not a surprise. Nobody's going to be surprised when I say this, Kevin, but Giovanni Dos Santos had one of his best games of the year. Uh, against Orlando, and granted, a goal it's, and assist. Yeah, and he hasn't done that since he had a goal and assist and a loss at Houston uh, back on May fifth. So he's starting to show a little bit more form. He was active. He was energetic right up until about the 65th minute when he begged uh, Siggy Schmidt to come off the field because he said he was feeling a little bit tighter and sort of threw a Siggy substitute uh, plan into, uh, into disarray there for a couple minutes. But, I mean, there were some really good performances out there. Just none of them were on the defensive end. And for the team to win 4-3... to three, in this game, I mean, it says more about Zlatan Ibrahimovic. It says more about the offense being able to create Ola Kamara. I can't. I almost. I almost forgot him. And really, he's not going to show up on the score sheet all that much, except for his assist to uh, to Zlatan. I think for Zlatan's second goal, but um, he had a great game too. And he is such a workhorse, Kevin. He is that number nine that the Galaxy needed. He's the guy who makes everybody around him better and doesn't always show up on the score sheet as having scored goals. So, I mean, the Galaxy are getting some really great performances out of people, uh, but they're also getting some atrocious performances out of that back line and some of that midfield. Well, when I say the Galaxy are back, I mean, these are games... Remember last year, how many times did they lose in the final five minutes of a game uh, or, or in stoppage time? It, it just seemed like it happened every week. Last year they were they were think they went into the second half thinking how are we going to lose this game. This year they go into the second half thinking how are we going to win this game. And the the rally against uh, LAFC, I mean that was phenomenal. That, not even a shot on goal in the first 69 minutes, and they wind up tying LFC, LAFC away. Um, you know, pretty phenomenal performance. Yesterday's game, it was just simply Zlatan refusing to let the team lose. So. When you look at that, it's hard to say, yeah, this is a complete team. It's like Zlatan and friends. Um, and, and he just, you know, again, when you look at what he's done, his last, I think, eight starts, 12 goals, um, only four other players in the league have scored 12 goals all season. He's done it in his last seven or eight starts. So Zlatan clearly is a big part of this. And uh, I agree with you. There are many holes in this team, but it's a lot better than last year. They've taken great strides forward. Uh, they've certainly lessened the number of, of areas that they need to address. And, and, and I know you saw me in the locker room yesterday having a long um, uh, come-to-Jesus moment with Dan Beckerman, the, the CEO of AEG, and so the guy who actually runs the Galaxy, about uh, you know some of the things that they've done with this team. And, and you and I have talked about this too, and, and Dan was kind of of the agreement with me. Yes, they've spent a ton of money on the defense, uh, more than any other MLS team, and the defense is not performing. But it goes back to, is the team winning? And yes, the team is winning. And so did they spend too much on defense? Maybe, you know, is that a problem? Yeah, probably. But the team is winning. So it's it's just hard to to be too negative on that. If the, if the team that you're rolling out there is winning, it doesn't matter who your DPs are, where they're playing, or if they're on the bench. If the team is winning, that's the point. That's what you're spending money for. And if your payroll is leading to to the playoffs, then I think that it's been successful. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about the LA Galaxy having one of the worst defenses in the league, and that's not even true, Kevin. 
Uh, it's not true because I went and looked at the numbers today. I mean, certainly you could say the the way that they play, you might argue that they might be the worst. But in terms of numbers and the goals allowed, they have they they actually sit 15th in in Major League Soccer in terms of uh, of total goals allowed. They've allowed 36 goals. That ties them with the they get this Colorado Rapids um, in terms of goals allowed. But you have other teams like Montreal, Real Salt Lake, Toronto FC, San Jose Earthquakes, Minnesota United, Vancouver Whitecaps by the way, have allowed 44 goals against. Uh, Chicago Fire at 46 and Orlando City have allowed 51. The Galaxy just... And, and where were the them. Galaxy last year? Like 918 goals allowed or something? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they, they did set the franchise record for most goals allowed. So, um, yeah, okay, they're giving up a lot of goals. The defense is a problem. It's way better than last year. And I'm not saying baby steps. I'm just saying they have made a ton of progress. And and remember, now they are playing in a different formation. They're using the three-man back line, which I, I agree with you. I think probably not a, the best formation for Ashley Cole. But that kind of changes the way things happen, too. And, and now, uh, you know, uh, we're going to have some people coming back from injury, and you wonder if that – when Rolf comes back, does that change – how does he fit in? I don't think he plays – I don't think he's he, – probably fits into a three-man back line. Do they go to a four-man back line? That will screw up the offense. Um, how, does he go to the bench? How, how does it work when Felcher comes back? And he'll be back very shortly. Yeah, I mean, it's a, those are all such great... Well, first of all, I saw Rolf again because um, he was walking around. I know a bunch of fans saw him. Uh, I know there was one fan in particular who said that they did their best Jay Guessman impression uh, and tried to, uh, tried to get Rolf to tell him when they were coming back. Uh, I know that Larry... Uh, Larry Morgan saw Rolf. I know that Damian Calhoun, another reporter, uh, saw Rolf. Uh, and we all asked him individually at different times, and he gave us all the same answer, which was close. He's close to returning. That's what we know. We knew that he was he was a little bit. I know a little bit more than that. Okay, what do you got? Ziggy said that they are now. It's to the point where they are just waiting for medical clearance. Yeah, he feels ready to go. The team's ready to integrate him back in. It's just the doctor has to say, okay, um, you're ready. And we saw that with, you know, with Jamison too. That took a little while. This is not a concussion. But the last thing they want to do is, especially at this time of the season, this is a very difficult time of the season because you're – if you come back now, you can you can have an impact on how the team finishes. There's there's what 13 games left, but if you come back too soon, then you don't then you may not be healthy for the playoffs. So it's it's you know it, it's a difficult decision. You want the guy to be able to impact whether or not you make the playoffs or where you finish, but you also want him to be strong to play throughout the playoffs. So it's it's a tough decision for the doctor. He's got to get it right. Yeah, they get, they have to get it right, and I would assume being that Rolf still isn't on the team and not playing, that they haven't received that medical clearance yet, and we had talked about that. Uh, in terms of medical clearance, I think from last week, so now we're another week forward, still not there, but I, I think it's you know only a matter of, of days probably until uh, Rolf is back, uh, back fully training with the Galaxy, which he has been, um, and then is able to play in these games. I think it's it's just around the corner, but it does. Listen, I see a lot of people who are just you know banging on Dave Romney, saying, "Well, Romney's clearly going to sit on the bench once Felcher comes back," and I, that's not true at all. I don't believe that to be the case at all. You talked about it. The three man back line does not put a place for Rolf Felcher. I'll tell you where Rolf Felcher fits in to the lineup that the Galaxy have is as a right wing back. So in place of somebody like Ramon Alessandrini or Chris Pontius, if you have a lead or if you want to be more defensively minded, that's what you do is you let Rolf run up and down and you let Dave Romney tuck inside. 
the the way that they did it in Vancouver, Kevin, is actually uh, you know a really good idea of of how they could possibly set up again with a right now the Galaxy are playing wingbacks with well the lopsided one is with Ashley Cole on the left hand side who drops back into the four man back line on defense but gets into the midfield in an attack and so he's that left sided wingback he is a defensive left sided wingback but you can go offensive which we've seen whenever you put Roman on the left hand side and Chris Pontius on the right hand side all of a sudden you have two offensive wingbacks and you're unbalanced in terms of where your defensive priorities are okay this is all talking about balance left and right and defense versus offense um, so I think if you're looking at, at how these guys move and how they work around, a defensive way of setting this up would be to have Ashley Cole on that left-sided wingback and move Rolf Felcher into that um, into that right-sided wingback. That is a more defensive set, so you're more of defending with five um, whenever you're you're on the defensive side, which may do the Galaxy a lot of good, but you're pulling offense in order to do that. You're losing speed, probably, in order to do that. But it's going to be a balancing act, and Siggy now, I think, can be cockeyed to one side or the other. And he called it a cockeyed 3-5-2 with Ashley Cole because that's that wing that sort of tucks up and tucks back all the time, and the right-sided wingback doesn't do as much tucking back on defense. So it's cockeyed. Well, you could have a right-sided one that's cockeyed the other direction now, or you could balance it with two defensive, or you could balance it with two offensive. I think there's plenty of options for Rolf Felcher to fit into this, but Dave Romney going away, Dave Romney is a center back, Kevin. You and I have talked about that uh, a bunch of times. Dave Romney thinks he's a center back as well. And so they're playing with three center backs on the back line, which in a three-man formation on the back line is what you want, those three center backs. So I think Felcher has a place in this lineup. I just don't think it's in place of Dave Romney. And on top of that, I think Dave Romney has been playing pretty well. He got beat early. Uh, a lot of Galaxy players got beat early in that game, uh, especially with Sasha Kleschen, as Siggy Schmidt said, uh, running rampant uh, through the LA Galaxy in the first half. Uh, the Galaxy did a better job in adjustment in the second half, and they really had it. So there's some adjustments still here to be made, and Rolf Felcher coming in is not a horrible, quote-unquote, addition to the back line again as the Galaxy are talking about additions to that back line. Well, certainly depth-wise. And Kleshton, you mentioned him. Look at the tape of the own goal from Siani. And by the way, for all the crap that Galaxy defense rightly takes, that's only the second own goal they've allowed. Not not that you know, counting own goals is a great statistic, but you know, it, it, when I looked that up, it was like, wow, I would have thought they would have given up more. But it, it, when you look at Kleshton, it looks like – as Siani's coming back, he's he's trying to he's backpedaling, but he's also trying to turn. Uh, and Clushton appeared to see that. Um, Siani had no chance once Clushton put the ball into him. Um, the, the the position that his body was in and what he was trying to do, the way he was trying to pivot and turn while backpedaling, uh, he had sort of for momentarily lost control of his body a little bit. That was a great goal by Clushton, and I don't know if that was intentional, um, but that was a great goal. Uh, but but. The point on the defense is well taken. Yes, it, it, the defense is not one of the best defenses in the league, and, and certainly there's a lot of room for improvement. And so you look at that, and, and when you're talking about do you go with a defensive set, do you go with an offensive set, wherever Felcher fits in, if you, that means uh, Alessandrini comes off the field and you sacrifice offense, hey, you know what? They're unbeaten in nine straight games. If they give up three goals and score four, guess what? That's a win. Yeah. So you look at the game last night and you said the defense was terrible, but they outscored the other team and they won the game. So that's the whole point of uh, what you're trying to do when you go out there. So, I mean, I would be careful with that. Yes, you want to improve the defense and you want to make it better. But if that means that you give up the offense, then all of a sudden maybe you're playing to draws or maybe you're losing by a goal. So I, I, I kind of tend to leave things where they are. 
Yeah, it, it, yes and no. I mean, Schmidt is, is clearly looking for the balance. Um, they're trying to find that balance. The forward, the back, the left, the right. They're trying to find it. And right now, they're probably a little too offensive. Um, and they need to be because they're, they're not very defensive in, in terms of allowing goals. So, I mean, it, it's all about if you can make a minor tweak, like perhaps throwing another wing back in there as a defensive side. And yeah, you lose a little bit of the offense. Um, but as a 0-0 starting point, is that okay if you pull back on the offense a little bit and they only score two goals instead of three goals or four goals if the defense can hold to one goal or zero goals? So, I mean, it is. there's some tweaking to be done. There's things are clearly not all there uh, in terms of, of being done. And, and I'll tell you right now, if you predict the LA Galaxy's goals and the number of goals they allow right now, Kevin, if you go to the end of the season on this, uh, they will have allowed 56 goals because right now, uh, averaging, by my estimates, about 1.64 goals per game. Uh, so there'll be 56 goals, and 56 goals would be the third most goals ever given up by the Galaxy, not counting or uh, counting last year's uh, 67 goals and 2008's 62 goals. So 56 goals would still be a ton of goals to give up, but I'll tell you right now, there are only two goals away from matching their entire 2017 goal total. So they have 43 goals right now. Um, as the season sits, uh, it, 22 games into the season, uh, and through the entire 34 goals last year, or 34 games last year, the Galaxy had 45 goals. So two more goals, and they tie 2017. Not that 2017 was like you know a great year or anything like that. No, it was it was train wreck. But Ziggy has some. Ziggy said the other day in training too. He did say that the team is getting better but it's not where he wants it to be. And he actually embraced that by saying, we don't want to be peaking right now. It's July. We want to be getting better because we know that, you know, the, the toughest part of the season, meaning the playoffs, and, and this is a legitimate playoff team. Um, you know, they're in third place right now. Um, I don't think they're a supporter shield team, but they're definitely a team that's going to, I think, make the playoffs and, and maybe compete for one of those top two spots. So they don't have to play in games, but this is a good time for Ziggy to, to, to figure some of these things out. When you look at the schedule, they have the rest in, in August. They have two games with Colorado, home and away. They have Minnesota. They have Seattle. All those teams have losing records. Then they play LAFC. After that, they have Real Salt Lake, which is struggling a little bit right now. Toronto, which is horrible. Then Seattle again, getting a little bit better. Um, then Vancouver. Uh, then they finish with Sporting Kansas City, Minnesota, and Houston Dynamo. So uh, Minnesota is improving a little bit too. So October could be tough and definitely is going to determine where they wind up in the playoffs. But the, the next, say, four to six weeks, with the exception of the LAFC game, it's a little bit of a light schedule. And it gives Ziggy time to maybe maybe figure some of these things out and get that team peaking. Um, you know, Allison Drini is now where Ziggy wants him. Um, you know, Ziggy's been able to convince Allison Drini of what he needs to do and the Galaxy are better for it. As you mentioned, Ola Kamara, totally selfless. Um, this was a guy that was brought in to be Robbie Keane, and now he is, uh, you know, again, a full field, uh, what, what do you call him? A forward that plays, uh, you know, box to box, a box to box forward. Yeah. Is that yeah, such a thing? Yeah. Uh, I, you just made it up, if not. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I'm just really impressed at how selfless these guys are, and, and I, I give Ziggy some credit, but uh, the players also deserve credit, too, because Ziggy was here last year and he couldn't get players to. To do what he wanted to do, this is a completely different team, and, and it, it really helps to get the results. And we're we're talking about this team as a playoff team and a, and a good team and a complete team. They they were a lot done in friends yesterday, and so you know, that's okay. It, you know, as long as you win the game, 
Um, there, it's a lot done. Did give credit to his teammates. I mean, people had to make the passes to get the assist to lead to the goal. So. Uh, there is a lot of teamwork going on. Zlatan and, and Ola, I think, are, are beginning to develop some chemistry, too. And I think that's going to be a big thing. And and Zlatan and Gio hooked up on two goals. Right. Uh, if that chemistry continues to develop, uh, things are going to get better between those two. And it's going to make the Galaxy just that much more dangerous. I was going to say, we have the Panda phone going off again. The the Panda hotline. The Red Hot News Panda hotline is is going off in the background there. I can I can hear it. But, um, no, let's, I, I mean, here's the thing, Kevin. Uh, you look at Zlatan now, he has 15 goals on the season, 17 games played. He currently sits uh, in second place overall in terms of uh, of the golden boot race in Major League Soccer. He is nine goals behind Joseph Martinez uh, with Atlanta United. This was his first LA Galaxy hat trick. All of those things are awesome. Uh, he now joins and is the 12th player who has ever scored a hat trick for the LA Galaxy. Uh, you have Hurtado in there, Jones, uh, Jose Vasquez, uh, Macon, Karipitin. Uh, I can never say Harut. Corruption. I can't do it. It never has happened in all of my time here. Uh, Colors Ruiz, Alejandro Moreno, Landon Donovan, Edson Buttle, Robbie Keane, and Mike McGee, all players to have scored hat tricks for the LA Galaxy. Um, he is also, Kevin, if you look, out of the top 25 goal scorers in Major League Soccer, he currently sits third in goals per 90 minutes. Okay, This is a metric, not goals per game, but goals per 90 minutes. And that goals per 90 minutes game is a, is a great metric to see where everybody is. The number one in the league right now is uh, Diamande from LAFC at 1.16 goals per 90 minutes. Uh, Joseph Martinez, obviously, one point won two goals per 90 minutes, uh, and then Zlatan Ibrahimovic at 1.09 goals per 90 minutes. Uh, there's a real good chance that if you see how these continue to play out, that Zlatan Ibrahimovic's goals per 90 minutes could go up and actually surpass both of those players. Uh, he just has the ability to really score a ton of goals, as does Joseph Martinez as well. But, it, yeah. but we, were talk- we were talking online about this earlier. There was a discussion on Twitter that Brendan Hanna of the Galaxy actually kind of started, like who is the the most viable player. Hey, you know what? Joseph Martinez is a great player and he's, he's going to set a record this year. 20, he has 24 goals in 23 games, but Zlatan already has more assists than him. Uh, Zlatan has, has twice as many assists. In fact, um, and it, I think when you, for me, when you're looking at MVPs, what uh, the real determining factor is where would that team be without that particular player? Atlanta is a very good team. Joseph Martinez makes that team a lot better, but it would still be a good team. Al Marone and, and a lot of the offensive weapons they have there, they would be really dangerous without Joseph Martinez. Take Zlatan away from the Galaxy, and uh, it, it's not even a conversation. I mean, they, they I, I think they would probably be a decent team. I don't know if they'd be competing for uh, – you know, the lead in the Western Conference. I don't, uh, he's won by my count, just off the top of my head, he's won three games for them. He won the first LAFC game, he won the Chicago game, and he won yesterday single handedly, right. basically won those three games. I, I, I think he's near the top of the league in game winning goals. Uh, so take Zlatan away from the Galaxy, it's a totally different team. Take Joseph Martinez away from Atlanta, they're probably still in first place. Yeah, I mean, th- there's an argument there. Um, I don't know how I feel about that argument. I saw everybody talking about it. I, I really do think that, yes, Zlatan is hugely important to the LA Galaxy. I think the LA Galaxy are a much improved team without Zlatan Ibrahimovic. If they wouldn't have gotten him and Ola Kamara was there, I think the Galaxy still would be a good team. They wouldn't be as good as they are. You're absolutely right, Kevin, without Zlatan. And really, he's elevated them to a 
maybe playoff team to they better be a playoff team. Um, the way that this Galaxy team is able to score and do things that'll work. Uh, I think that one of the things we were talking about on Thursday night with uh, with Eric whenever he was in studio, and also one of the things that sort of dominated some press box talks, talk as well, is that if the Galaxy continue to fall behind in games, uh, they're not going to have any success in the playoffs. That ends in the playoffs. That type of run and that type of streak and the things that you're able to do in the playoffs does not translate um, into the postseason. You can do it in the regular season. There's some bad teams. You get into the postseason, and there's better teams. But the Galaxy are 4-7-1 and one now when conceding the first goal, which is a ridiculous mark, to be honest with you. Um, they really have played well even when allowing that first goal, but it's a dangerous habit to sort of get into, and, and certainly it's one of the uh, one of the things. Uh, an interesting little side note there, Kevin, we talked about Zlatan Ibrahimovic recording his first MLS hat trick on Sunday night. The last person to do that, Robbie Keane, scored the last LA Galaxy hat trick on July 17, 2015, versus the San Jose Earthquakes at StubHub Center. So there has not been a hat trick since 2015, July. So three years, three years there has not been a, a, an LA Galaxy hat trick. So uh, Zlatan breaks that streak. Uh, I think everybody's happy for that um uh, another yeah. Zalata note he is not going to the all-star game uh, that that came out last night the reason he's not going to the all-star game um the, the release from the league and from the galaxy said uh it had to do with travel and the fact the galaxy had three games in nine days and all that's true the real reason he's not going to the all-star game is because he's not going to play in the all-star game even if he went it's on turf uh ziggy's already said that Zalatan is not playing on turf until the playoffs so he's not going to play an exhibition game that means nothing at 36 years old with a bad leg, you know, after the knee operation last year, he's he's not going to play. So why fly across the country to not play? Uh, so he's staying here. Uh, it was a great uh, time for the Galaxy to do. It was it was a good call by the Galaxy. Zlatan admitted he was exhausted at the end of the game. He needs a he needs a blow. And the MLS rule is you if you're picked for the All Star game and you don't go, you're suspended for one game. So Zlatan is going to miss the game in Colorado next weekend which he may not have gone to anyways. He may not uh, go and play at altitude. That's something he's not used to doing from Europe. So that's why he will not be in the All-Star game. I, I think the Galaxy did a good job of looking at the schedule and saying, yeah, we can probably uh, afford to be without him in Colorado. We might not want him playing at altitude anyways. Who knows how long it would take him to recover. But I say all that leading up to the fact that when you look at the playoffs, certainly the Galaxy want to finish in the top two. They want to avoid that one-game play-in. But the better they finish, the higher they finish, is really going to have a big uh, say in how far they go in the playoffs because they need to have the home field advantage. If they don't, they could face possibly Seattle the way Seattle's coming on. I'm not counting them out of the playoff race at all the way they're coming on. Portland plays on turf. Vancouver plays on turf. Um, If they are lucky enough to win the Western Conference they might meet Atlanta in the MLS Cup final. Atlanta has the best record in the league right now. That means the Galaxy would play the MLS Cup final on turf. Um, certainly, Zlatan would play in those games, but that's not the best surface for him and for some of the other players on the team. So if the Galaxy can somehow get home field advantage, at least in the Western Conference, it's going to make a big difference. Yeah, Aren't you the beautiful, optimistic <coughs> butterfly talking about an MLS Cup final? Um, yeah, sure. We could, you could, you definitely No, I get what all the stuff you're saying. I would like to get, of course, give the proper due to the MLS all-star game. 
Uh, the All-Star Game coming up on uh, on August 1st. That's right, August 1st, you lucky people, on Wednesday. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos, LA Galaxy midfielder, will, of course, be going to this and playing in this. They will take on Juventus. Um, that game of, will be televised live at 4.30 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, Unamas... TSN, TVA Sports, all the Canadian channels there as well. Um, and this is, you know, there's, there's, they put these rules in a couple years ago, maybe three years ago, Kevin, four years ago, uh, to keep players from skipping the All-Star game um, and saying that they were injured so that way they could then rest during the week and then play on the weekend. So MLS, in its infinite wisdom, decided that if you miss the MLS All-Star game, you are suspended a game. It's a stupid game, and that's a stupid rule. Um, and not only that, but it, you know, in Zlatan's case, they do it correctly in terms of punishing a player who clearly doesn't want to play in the game, mostly because of turf. And why should he be forced to play on turf? The fact that they're taking uh, minutes away from him is is interesting, uh, an interesting stance. But they also did it to uh, to Davavia of New York City, who has been, I think, missed hasn't been in an eighteen and eight games or something like that. And he's close to coming back, but he's not going to come back. And so. They, he, he's not going to play in the new, in the All-Star game, and they're going to suspend him. He might finally be ready to come back in the game after the All-Star game. It's a ridiculous rule. Uh, they need to be a little smarter about how they implement it. And, um, you know, the reason that MLS puts so much stake behind the MLS All-Star game is very, very simple. Uh, with predetermined MLS Cups back in the day, meaning that they picked a site for the MLS Cup at the beginning of the season or the year before, and there was every bit of planning. They knew what day it was going to be. They knew where it was going to be held, which stadium, and it allowed them to get sponsors there and set up these large, elaborate sort of fan uh, fan fests that people could go to and all the sponsors would come and all the sponsors would set up tents. And it was this real like viewership thing that you were able to do and it was a sponsorship event. You were allowed to get sponsors into the stadium. Like all these things happened. Well, with the MLS Cup now being played in the highest seeded uh, team in the finals, um, with that being the, the, the way it goes now, you look at how uh, that that has changed. The MLS Cup is no longer this gigantic sponsor event. Not saying that there aren't sponsors, but they don't have the time to put together these large, elaborate fan fests. MLS All-Star Game is that ability now. You know where it's going to be played. You know where it's going to be played the year before. You know that people are going to show up. So then the sponsors show up, and then, of course, you're playing teams from Europe like Juventus, and so you get people who just want to see Juventus play against the, uh, the MLS All-Stars. And I imagine that Mercedes-Benz Stadium is going to be packed because, one, with the sponsors, and two, with a great car out in Atlanta. I, you know, if it's in your backyard, I'm sure I'd go too. Hey, uh, didn't Juventus sign somebody this this summer? No, right after the World, no, during I don't, the World Cup. Did they sign Dom Dwyer? I heard he was never leaving Kansas City. Yeah, talk about a guy. I mean, Kansas City needs that guy. We, we got the Dom Dwyer sighting last night. That was great. But so does Cristiano Ronaldo have to sit out a game um, uh, yeah, at the I, start of the Italian season because he didn't play in the MLS All-Star game? I'm, I'm sure that's exactly what it is. It's, and, and, and also, let, let's talk about the All-Star game for just a second. Who won last year? Who I, won the year before? I'm, Who would they play? I'm Nobody too. knows. Nobody remembers. And if you're if it's a game that no one remembers and your biggest stars don't want to go to it, you know what? Maybe it's not that big a deal. It's not. Uh, they'll force it for a while here. I mean, I don't see it dying anytime soon, Kevin. It's going to be around for a while. So it's one of those uh, one of those interesting things that we're just going to have to continue to rail about. Listen, I'll tell you this: Galaxy fans deserve 
a thumbs up for this. I guarantee you no Galaxy fan voted for Zlatan Ibrahimovic to go to the All-Star game. I guarantee you no Galaxy fan voted for Jonathan Dos Santos to go to the All-Star game. All right, those things, they may be going, but they're going because, you know, other people outside of the of the league or they were a coach's pick uh, to be brought in. Uh, that type of thing. That's why those guys get get put there, and and that's why they get put in. I will say this though: uh, Carlos Vela for LAFC is the captain, and I wouldn't be surprised if LA Galaxy fans made sure that Carlos Vela was the captain of that particular team because it's always been Galaxy fans' sort of mo to vote for other teams' players to play in the All Star game, so that way they're tired. And what better way to make sure that you guarantee a guy a bunch of minutes than by voting him captain, Kevin? So I, you know what? Even if it didn't happen, I'm gonna pretend like LA Galaxy fans, you had something to do with that because I know the way your mind works, and I could understand how that works. So anyway, just a little little side well, note there. You know, I was speaking with Mrs. Panda this morning about the MLS All Star game because that's the kind of relationship we have, and. And uh, it's my point was that MLS is you think about soccer and you think about an international sport, you know, that's played in leagues all over the world. Most American sports, NFL, Major League Baseball is pretty much America, you know, U.S. only sports. But MLS has tried to to take soccer and then make it sort of um, Americanize it. At the beginning, they did things like games couldn't end in ties. They had to, you know, be a. Uh, every game had to have a result, sort of like baseball. You'd play all day until there was a result. But my point is on this one, they've adopted playoffs, which I think is great, and I think it really works. And I like the fact that the sixth-place team in the conference has a chance going into the postseason. And I think most fans like that. I, we can talk about promotion relegation at a later date, but I think fans do like the playoffs. But then uh, MLS decided, okay, every other sports league in the U.S. has an all-star game. Let's have an all-star game. And you're right. That's the purpose it serves. It's a sponsorship event. But it's not something that I think most of the players or if any of the players embrace. And when you look at the Galaxy, it comes at a time when they play three games in nine games at nine days. And then they go to altitude on Saturday and you want them to play a fly across the country and play another game on turf in the middle of that really doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't, but, you know, it's MLS, and a lot of things don't make any sense. Uh, let's see, going back to the game and, and some of the stuff. Again, I would really like to point out, again, Giovanni Dos Santos had a really good game. This is this is not something that... Here's why I pointed out, Kevin. Because everybody on, on, on Twitter is bagging on the guy. Well, not only that, and certainly we've been critical, as we should be. He has not performed anywhere near $6 million, and certainly uh, that wasn't the case last night either. Uh, you know, he wasn't By the way, best we have player. to talk about the, the Briefly, I don't mean to interrupt you. Actually, I do mean I always interrupt yes. you. But we are critical because that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be observers of the team and the game, and we're supposed to point out mistakes. We're not a propaganda arm of MLS or, or the team. Uh, so what you get from us on this program is the is the straight shot. This is what we see. We may be wrong. In the case of Dom Dwyer, we were wrong. Wait, um, wait, well, don't put don't you, say you we were. He um, <laughs> should have stayed in Kansas City. But uh, you know, if you're turning into this game just to today I am uh, all galaxy all the time. I'm really impressed with the way they've come back in the last couple of games. So yes, I am a little bit giddy about the galaxy right now. But for the most part, what you're going to get on this program is what we see and what we observe, and not the the rose, you know, the rosy picture of of the Galaxy being the greatest team in the league. And if you know, if you're a, as a fan and you, you don't want to hear anything bad about your team, this is probably not the program. Yeah. If you want some honest, you know, analysis of what the team's doing, as as honest as we can make it, for, you know, from our limited knowledge base. Um, you know, that's what you're going to get. And and I am a little giddy with the Galaxy right now. I think that they've played really well. I wasn't all that fired up about them in the spring. And if they 
if they start to 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 go downhill, we're going to talk about that in this program. But right now, today, um, it, the Galaxy are playing really well, and I think they're right now they're. They, their unbeaten streak of nine games is second longest in the league. So you can make the argument that right now, at this point in time, they're the second best team in the league. Yeah, very, and maybe they are. Maybe the the power rankings show that. Well, in order to 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 of course take our rosy view that I or the rosy view I had of Giovanni dos Santos, and I would like to toot my own horn. I called Giovanni dos Santos scoring a goal in this game. Uh, there's a tweet and everything. It was wonderful. It was one of the really the highlights of my life after uh, the lowlights of uh, once announcing Sasha Kleshin to the LA Galaxy, and of course predetermining or preordaining Charlie Rugg as the next rookie of the year for the LA Galaxy. If you know where Charlie Rugg is right now, you're doing better than me. Um, so here, here's the thing with Giovanni Dos Santos. Um, here's a guy, Kevin, who has been under fire for so long at the Galaxy because he doesn't perform. Uh, he doesn't show up. He disappears in games. He doesn't score goals. He tends to have sort of a, an attitude that he doesn't care about the team a lot of times. That's really how it's felt a lot of times this year. And here's a guy who goes out and he hustles. He gets a goal and an assist. He's an integral part of the Galaxy's victory over Orlando City. And what does he do but decides not to talk to the media? Okay, we requested him, and I know this is maybe, maybe you're sitting at home going, Josh, we really don't care who talks and who doesn't talk. But you want to reward players when they play well with getting a chance to talk and talk about how they played and what they saw, what was different from this game, and explain to us your thought process. You scored a goal. Tell us about the goal. You want all these things. I can tell you right now that Larry Morgan and I had an idea to do a side piece on Giovanni Dos Santos, and we were going to talk to him and get the quotes from him after the game, and he was going to get a good review in terms of how he played in the game and what was different, and he was going to be able to share all those thoughts. And then uh, the guy, the most expensive player on the LA Galaxy, made making $6 million a year, um, he, is deci- he decides that he does not want to speak to the media. So that story now gets shelved, um, and it goes and, away. By the way, that is, a, that is against MLS rules. You know, when, when, when people sometimes hear us whining about how difficult it is to cover this team, and again, fans probably shouldn't really care about, about our trials and tribulations, but MLS rules say players are supposed to talk. And when the Galaxy uh, uh, PR staff allows players – to leave the locker room without speaking, that's that's against MLS rules. We're supposed to be able to speak to every one of those players. And more information for you, Charlie Rugg is playing in the fourth division in uh, German soccer right now. But he's probably the rookie of the year there. So, you know, just we don't always hit home run. Every once in a while we get the shanks, all right? But this is, this is what I'm talking about, though, with Giovanni Dos Santos. Here's a guy who you finally want to raise up and say you had a good game, you got a golden assist, you were part of the win, let's write an article about you, it'll be positive press, and it's a positive message for the Galaxy. Hey, all the time Gio gets ragged on, he's going to get some positive spin on some things. All these things work in conjunction, and he decides he doesn't want to talk. And maybe it's because he doesn't want to talk about Juan Carlos Osorio, which probably somebody would have asked him about. I know Carlos Vela got asked about Osorio at the All-Star game uh, press today. So, I mean, there's all these things that he probably doesn't want to talk about, but this is where we get into like that balance thing, Kevin. You got guys who are Zlatan Ibrahimovic will talk, Kevin, whether it was a good game or a bad game, right? He'll come in, he'll talk. 90% of the time he's there and he'll answer the questions. Ashley Cole, a guy who used to hate the media, will talk 
after a good performance, after a bad performance, all these things. And he does it, and he's insightful, and he's wonderful, and you get to know him, and you get to understand how he thinks and how the team thinks through these guys. You and I can only guess what's going on with players, Kevin. You have to ask them questions, and you have to get responses to them. And yeah, a lot of them are canned responses, and you're sort of like, okay, nothing got said there. But there's plenty of times where you and I will hear a player say something, and everybody just looks at each other going, oh, that was a real answer. Something actually happened there. And you understand a little bit more about the team and a little bit more about the player. People were saying on Twitter, Kevin, and this is my new favorite genre of Twitter Twitter criticism, is goal celebrations. There's all this critique about whether a player celebrates, whether a player ignores his teammates, whether a player is angry, whether a player didn't smile after they score a goal. All right? First of all, calm down with it. It doesn't mean anything. So far, you've all been wrong. All right? Everybody's doing good here. Okay, in terms of if you score a goal, everybody has different reactions. People were claiming that Zlatan doesn't get along with his teammates, Kevin, because after he scored the third goal, he took his shirt off and then stood there with his shirt off and people were climbing all over him and he basically ignored him. No, that's just Zlatan. That's how he works. All these things happen. Gio didn't smile. You know why Gio didn't smile? Probably because the game was tied at this point. It's They're not winning. There's nothing that great. He was happy to get the goal. It was with his right foot. Great. Get the ball back and let's go again. But you can't know this stuff without talking to the guys and hearing from them. And Giovanni Dos Santos's self-exile in terms of the press isn't helping his stature with the club, his relationship with the fans, or with the media, quite honestly. The well, long, you, you, yeah. you know you know who had a great celebration, goal celebration last night? Who? Uh, Dom Dwyer. Oh, Dom Dwyer. But, Dom, yeah. but you know, Zalatan's celebration, I think, was spur of the moment. I, I think Zalatan's celebration was exactly the same reaction in the press box, where there was no celebrating, by the way. But it was like, holy cow, are you kidding me? Yep. This guy just scored a hat trick in 24 minutes. He answered every Orlando goal. And I think when Zalatan scored, I think... That was a spur of the moment, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did it again. Uh, that's what it felt like to me. And remember, he celebrated the first goal in in his debut, that 40-yard uh, strike. He celebrated that in the same way by ripping his T-shirt off and running away from his teammates. So that was a spontaneous thing. But but back to Gio, there are, you know, I, I in the media, one of the things is, yes, you can criticize and you can praise, but you you need to be fair. That's the number one thing. You need to be fair, and I think that's what we all strive for. And so it, everybody is required to speak after the game. But let's be fair. You know, Dave Romney does not have the same responsibility that other players do. If Dave Romney decides, and Dave Romney has never not decided to speak if we've asked for him, but I'm just, a, as an example, uh, you know, if Dave Romney or, or Daniel Starris or, or uh, you know, whoever, you know, Ari Lasser doesn't want to speak, that's fine. But when you're the captain, Ashley Cole, I think you have a responsibility to speak if someone asks for you. When you are Zlatan Ibrahimovic and you're the face of the franchise and, and and arguably the face of the league, you know you have a responsibility to speak. Both those guys do every time. Um, when you're the highest paid player on the team, when you're the one of the highest paid players in the league, you also have responsibility to speak. And um, it, it, it's it's bad form and it's bad optics for Gio to decide not to speak, and it's equally bad for the Galaxy to allow him. Uh, to do that when the, you know, other teams, I've seen other teams, Seattle, Seattle's PR staff is very good. And they will go to a player and say, media wants to speak to you. And the player will say, I don't want to talk to them. And they'll say, look, you know, you kind of got to do this. You did, you need, and they'll coax them along and get them to speak. And for the most part it works. And again, fans don't really care, but your point of, Hey, Gio, you just had a great game. Come on over and let's celebrate it. And, and he doesn't want to do it. And so there's no great stories about Gio. And you know what, next time you speak, 
you want to speak to him, he's probably going to say, you guys haven't written anything good about me. Why should I speak to you? Well, we can't write anything about you if you don't talk to us. <laughs> That's usually how it works. It, it's really bad to write an article or a feature on somebody, you know, like a follow where you're going to say, I'm going to talk about Giovanni Dos Santos. And all you do is have quotes from other people talking about Giovanni Dos Santos. You can do it. It just, it lacks the the personal touch. It lacks sort of that insight. Um, and that's why you do it. So anyway, that's, I think it's a black mark. I don't like it. Um, I, I wish he would have talked because he deserves to, again, if you, when you get to criticize, you want to be balanced. So when he does something good, you want to, you want to praise. And I thought he was really good um, against Orlando. And I thought he was energetic. And I thought he was energetic against LAFC as well. Siggy Schmidt said that he was happy with, you know, the last few games from Giovanni Dos Santos. So he's starting to build in form. If the Galaxy want to continue to be dangerous offensively and to continue to win games, Giovanni Dos Santos is a huge part of that. Um, and that's one of the things that we need to uh, need to look at. So again, Giovanni Dos Santos had a good game. Uh, last touches, uh, Sebastian Leggett. I know we talked a little bit. I thought he was great in relief of Perry Kitchen. I thought that was an interesting sub at the time, and I really loved it. Sebastian Leggett came in and added that flair. He was the reason the Galaxy really picked up the pace in the second half and were able to start sort of, maybe it was, it was a little ticky taco football for you there for a little while, um, except on the defensive side. So if the Galaxy can get that from Sebastian Leggett, who looks healthy, he said he felt good, um, he's back. I, I think the Galaxy are pointed in the right direction in terms of getting Sebastian Leggett into that lineup and where he fits well, so... You know, all the Galaxy looked sharp yesterday, too. I, I, I think you noticed everyone was wearing a suit. The Galaxy signed a contract with uh, some Sam, suit Samuelson. Samuelson. I, I, I remembered it. Yeah. They all, yeah, they, uh, they all look sharp. And any, my point was when I'm seeing them leave, they all had to wear their suits yesterday because of the new sponsorship deal, um, which, you know, isn't here, neither here nor there. But as I see them, I started thinking, you know what, Josh, I'm in the market for a new T-shirt. And I thought, where can I go to get a new T-shirt? Well, that, that's very simple, Kevin. The Segway. Uh, good. <laughs> Look at that <laughs> professional segue, everybody. By the way, there was one player who didn't wear a suit. Do you know who it is? Zlatan. Zlatan. Why didn't Zlatan wear his Samuelson because suit? Because they don't have one that big. <laughs> I don't have no idea. But anyway, um, no, you can absolutely. The the Panda and Pato in the morning t-shirts, the most ridiculous t-shirt ever produced from podcast is out It's right a collector's now. item. It is absolutely a collector's limited edition. Um, you know, basically we're going to run this for three weeks and God knows we'll probably never put it back up because you guys would be well sick of this joke. Uh, by then. Uh, but it's up there. You can help support uh, the the show with this. And then, of course, we'll go towards uh, a live event that Kevin and I are trying to put together and get ready to do. So uh, we'll let you know when that is. But this money will help us uh, get the equipment and get set up for that live event. So if you can, please head on over to cornerthegalaxy.com. Just click on the shop button. If you scroll down, you'll see a bunch of t-shirts down there. Look for the, uh, the Panda and Pato in the morning t-shirt there. You can click on that link and it'll take you right to, uh, to Bonfire where you can order that. So we do have T-shirts. I had no. When I asked that question, I actually I had no idea. Yes. Oh, really? Because I'm pretty sure you ordered two before the. <laughs> I did as we oh, started oh. the show. By the way, the live event. People should know we we are trying to organize this live event, and uh, Giovanni dos Santos has agreed to make a personal appearance. He will be there <laughs> um, to answer all is, of our questions from is, Larry Morgan and 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 Josh. He will be there. So I was, was going to say this is news to, to me. Does Gio know? Has anybody told Gio yet? That might be something he might want to know. No, that's not true. Because then people would be like, "Where's Gio? They're going to." show up but if he wants to show up he most certainly can we are going to work to see if maybe we can get a special guest to come with us and do this it'll probably not be on a game day so that way uh perhaps we could we could make some of that stuff happen so anyway jeff cameron jeff no no because apparently uh and we can go right to that omar no no 
Segway. Segway. Um, Siggy okay. Schmidt talked in the press conference, post-game press conference. Somebody asked about reinforcing the LA Galaxy's defensive uh, posture there. Uh, Siggy Schmidt said, and I quote, we're looking, I would love to get reinforcements in the back but we're limited in terms of the salary cap as to what we can do. We're in a situation where we probably have to offload a player before we can add a player. We're trying and just not having any luck do, doing that. So what's really great is that Siggy Schmidt just publicly announced that he was trying to get rid of some of his players. Uh, I don't know if they know who that player is. I don't know if we know who those players are. Um, but nonetheless, they are trying to do it. Chris Klein, in a similar uh, town hall meeting, I believe, also said that Jeff Cameron was not going to be uh, coming to the LA Galaxy, uh, sort of said that he's a great defender, he's just not our defender, uh, something of that. And then there were also some rumors about um, about Omar Gonzalez asking to come back to the Galaxy all the time. I wouldn't hold my breath on that. Um, and that Yella Von Dom still texts uh, Chris Klein all the time. I believe those were the paraphrased things that I got reports on from Twitter from people who were in that situation i wouldn't hold my breath on any of those um yeah, I, I know david beckham still texts chris klein all the time and david beckham's not coming back but there is a trialist in, in camp when you're talking about uh, uh helping the back line helping the defense there is a trialist in camp i would not get too excited about that either it looks like a sort of a uh, a new version of emra clement clementa just a a guy who is training with the team and probably won't play much, if at all, uh, down the stretch. It's, so, I mean, we get into the discussion of whether or not we think the LA Galaxy are going to do anything. Uh, in 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 that uh, trialist position right now, Roderick Miller, uh, he is a 26-year-old Panamanian uh, who played at, uh, I believe, Atletico Nacional, that's right, Atletico Nacional um, in 2016, um, but left basically in 2017 and has been without a club for the last year. So you're talking about a guy who's not played, um, you know, all of the last season. Um, and that's, that's a, that's a big deal in, in terms of, of how that's going. So, you know, I don't think that they're going to be able to do anything. This may be a backup plan without a position. I mean, he's a center back. He can play some left back as well. Um, so, I mean, it is a position of need and perhaps the galaxy can roll the dice and get something for really cheap. Um, but as a national, as an international slot, how would they find the international slot? They'd probably still have to move somebody, Kevin. And we get down to the question of whether or not we think the Galaxy are going to be able to make a move at all right now. And where I was rather confident that they were out there and that they're looking, and I believe that's still to be true, by the way. I believe they're out there. I believe they're looking. I believe they're trying to make deals. I'm not sure a deal falls into their lap now. Uh, and the transfer window, I believe, closes on August 8th. So you're talking about, you know, just about eight or nine, nine, ten days left as we're recording on July 30th. Um, so it will be interesting to see if the Galaxy do do anything because they're going to have to move somebody. I mean, that also sort of gives a, a heads up to everybody on the LA Galaxy, Kevin, that they could be being shopped without their knowledge right now. Right, and and Ziggy loves that. He talked about that with with uh, Sebastian coming back, and everyone took that to mean that Sebastian would be in the lineup. I didn't think he said that at all. But what he talked about is the more players we get healthy, the more competitive it is in training camp, and the and and the better it is for me as the coach to say, hey. We don't know who's going to start in the midfield. It's going to be determined in training this week. You know, Omar talked about that when he uh, left for Mexico about how the at the end of his MLS career, a lot of times he would just phone in practice sessions because he knew he was going to start. Ziggy, especially with the midfielders, where there's a lot of questions from week to week, who's going to play and what the the uh, the formation is going to be. You know, he's he's making Roman perform in training. He's making Sebastian perform in training. Um, you know, Boateng, those guys are. are 
really putting out and training, and that makes the team better. If you do have a good training session, you're going to play better in the game. And another thing with that, too, is in the past, and I don't mean like way past, I mean the last couple of years, it seemed like the Galaxy's kind of offseason and, and they're addi- adding additional players were, were guys that they had targeted. You know, they've been after Zlatan for three years. They were after Gio for longer than that. And and Jovan Karowski, those were guys that he identified that he went after. He was a bulldog. He refused to let them go. And they wound up here. With Kurt Schmidt now in charge of that, Ziggy's son, it's a little bit different. And I do get the impression that they are out there. They may not do anything, but I do get the impression that they are out there looking at players that if they had to make a move, that they might know where to go. Uh, bringing a trialist in from Panama, now they're starting to look a little bit at Latin America. And when you look at what they did in the offseason, I mean, how many people had Felcher and Shelvick and some of those guys on their radar as guys that you thought the Galaxy would go and get? I think that's uh, the process of the new beefed-up scouting department head, headed by uh, Kurt Schmidt and the fact that they are out there looking not not for big stars necessarily but and not necessarily for role players either, but for guys who fit the needs that they have and they're looking in Europe and now they're looking in Latin America, which – you know, it's been a long time since the, the Galaxy. When you look at Gio and Jonathan, they came from Spain, and I think about them as European players. But it's been a long time since the Galaxy brought up a a big player from Latin America. It's, it's all those. Bra- it was all those Brazilians. It was like Juninho and Alex and Leonardo and Alex Kazumba and what is it? Uh, DJ Lopes. Sarvis. Uh, Sarvis, yeah. I mean, that's. I think that's the last time they really sort of dipped into the uh, the South American talent pool, and that was sort of with a, a good deal with, I, I believe, Sao Paulo. Um, they had a good relationship with them. So, no, you're absolutely right. Sorry, continue. Didn't want to interrupt. No, no, I was just, wow. You didn't want to interrupt. I interrupt you all the time. But it, and, and that's where MLS is going. The, the trend now, if you look at every team, uh, they're really deep, uh, uh, dipping into Latin America for a lot of reasons. Young players, they come a little bit cheaper. These are players on their way up as opposed to many of the European players are sort of on their way down. I, I don't think a lot of U- European players leave Europe for MLS thinking that it's a career advancement. I, I do think a lot of the young Latin American players, Diego Rossi with LAFC, um, do look at this league as a stepping stone to Europe. And so you're getting the uh, Almirones, you're getting the, well, Joseph Martinez had played there, but uh, Almirones and p- people like that who, you know, uh, Diego Rossi, who want to go to Europe, better talented players coming at a younger age, more dynamic, that fit into the MLS salary structure a little bit better. And, and the Galaxy are a little late to that party, but I do think that Kurt Schmidt now has his eyes on Latin America as well. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. We had uh, Jay Ramos write into the show and ask, uh, you know, what is Siggy's son bringing to the table? Isn't he the one in charge of scouting South America? Where are the target defensive uh, prospects coming from? I mean, here's the thing. You have to, again, go back to whether or not you think the Galaxy are going to make a move. If they're going to make a move, they have to trade something that they like that they probably don't want to get rid of for something that they want. That's usually how it works. You usually don't get rid of something you don't want uh, for something that you do want. It very rarely works that way. Uh, the Galaxy are in a position right now where they took a big gamble on some players like Jorgen Shelvik, uh, like Siani last year in terms of trying to fix the LA Galaxy enough to where they would be, you know, a title contender. And if they missed on any of these, you were going to find out. And they've, they've fallen short. I mean, certainly Jorgen Shelvik's not worth the million dollars or close to a million dollars that he's making as the highest paid defender in Major League Soccer right now. But is that because his partner is Michael Siani, who is... Uh, not consistent whatsoever and is prone to big mistakes. And so Siani was sort of a, a panic buy and a panic signing um, whenever Yellow Von Dom left. And so you're seeing the repercussions of that. The Galaxy, 
might be smarter just to sit on this, Kevin, and to allow this season to play out and see how far they can get. Maybe they can develop and maybe they can get into a groove because you could get rid of Siani's contract at the end of the year. Um, that can go away. So really, you will be opened up, you know, 620K or so uh, to be able to go find another central defender. Um, and then you can do some other things as well. There's some contracts right now that are probably, as Siggy Schmidt said, are, are cap tying or are, are tying the hands of the salary cap for the Galaxy. And I think it's going to be difficult for them to get out from underneath a lot of those. So again, just sort of take a look at that and how it works. Um, you know, I, we had Tristan also ask, uh, since no one is off the table, who do you think or who would you trade or release to fix our defensive situation? And I might be a Stan Pat guy right now. I might not make any moves. I like Roman Alessandrini. I like Ola Kamara. Uh, I like what they bring to the table. I like Sebastian Legette. I like Dave Romney. Um, I like a lot of these pieces, and whenever you look at having to get rid of them, you know, are you willing to get rid of Ima Boateng, and does Ima Boateng buy you enough of what you need in order to get a, a you know, a really standout center back? It seems like it's more of a Band-Aid at this point than anything else. So think to yourselves now what the Galaxy are trying to do, and if the deal isn't there, if the deal to make this team significantly better and a title contender with whoever they bring into the defense, they have to be that good then maybe you hold on and you wait for a contract to expire and go away, then just start throwing things away. Well, Siani's making a lot of money. His contract expires at the end of the season. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think at this point, the team is winning. Uh, you know, it, it sounds like we're talking about a team that's struggling. They've, they're unbeaten in nine in a row. They're the second-hottest second team in MLS. Uh, it, 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 things are going okay. I, I would not make a panic move either. Now, if someone comes along and says, we're going to give you uh, – you know, this defender, you know, for a, a, a bag of soccer balls. Yeah, then I think you make that that move. But to move anybody, uh, any any starter, anyone who's regularly uh, in the 18, no, I don't think you do that because you're going to have to make moves in the offseason anyways. Again, Siani's contract expires. I don't think he comes back, certainly not at that price. So you've just freed up a lot of money. You've freed up a position. We know you're going to have to do this in the offseason. Do you really want to mess everything up for, you know, 12 or 13 more games and then, you know, the playoffs? The team's performing pretty well right now. Hey, remember Pelly Van Anholt? He's back in the in the, in the Dutch league. Maybe he's a guy they bring back. Hey, you know it always it always. We could've... hardly knew you, Pelly. It was it was fun for it was fun while it lasted. He was actually a good signing for them. He just got injured. Um, you know, Rolf Felcher has been an okay signing for them. Just got injured. So I mean, they've they've missed, they've hit, they've found some good things. You know, Ola Kamara, the way that they revamped the schedule, Chris Pontius or revamped the roster, Chris Pontius edition, uh, the way that they've been able to fit in the different players into this offense, it's clicking right now. It looks good. That those are all positives, and it's something you have to give the Galaxy credit for after you know dumping 15 players or however many it was well, in, in the off season. And here's another thing too. Um, they they have spent more than any team in the league on defense, and and I've argued against this the other way, saying it doesn't matter what they spent, where they spent, as if the team is winning and the payroll that you have agreed to pay, if that payroll is winning, it doesn't matter how you divide it up. But when you do say let's fix the defense, you already have the highest paid defense in the league. You're paying this guy, these guys, what you think they're worth. Now it's up to them to perform to that level. At some point, I do think it's not let's. This guy's not performing. Let's go out and get somebody else. At some point, I think you do, and I think Ziggy is doing this with some players. I think you get in their face and say, "Look, you're the one of the highest paid center backs in the league. Start playing like it." Uh, you know, they're paying these guys money because they're supposed to be good. Well, now it's time for them to prove that they are that good and that the money wasn't just thrown away. 
Yeah. Hey, it, it, again, it'll be interesting to see how it all goes down. Uh, at Clutch Chris, Chris writes in, says, anyone, uh, do you think that Rolf will help our team more defensively? I think we answered that pretty well. I think he can in certain positions, but it probably won't be part of a bad third ma- third uh, or the three-man back line, or at least it might not be. Um, and I think that that'll be something that you have to watch. He's not a center back. He is a right back. He is a real right back, and he likes to get up and be back. He fits better into wing back position. So, I think we said that, and uh, Chris also says, and if you can move a piece, who would it be? It would be Siani if you could move a piece and not have to worry about anything else, but nobody wants Siani, so it's hard to move that piece. And uh, finally, uh, Galaxy uh, Fan Talk says, uh, should we slow our role being hyped about this team's unbeaten streak, or are they a legit contender? That's a good one for you, Kevin. Slow the role about the hype, or is this team a contender now? Well... Obviously, I've tipped my hand. I really like the way they're playing, and it feels kind of like a Bruce Arena team. And that, if you remember, Bruce's teams always started really slow, and they were always at the back of the standings in May and June. And then they would catch fire and go on these long unbeaten streaks. Um, if they win, if they uh, do not lose in Colorado, they, they, it will be their longest streak in several years. Would be then ten unbeaten at that point. They're they're playing very well. There's a long. Uh, time to go. And I do think there are some some very uh, huge warning signs. They're relying way too much on Zlatan, a 36-year-old guy coming off knee surgery. Yes, he's playing great, but what what if something happens to him? The defense, or the offense rather, is built too much around him. They would have to adjust, make big adjustments. I don't know if they can do that. So I like the, the way the team's playing right now. I think they are a le- legitimate contender right now. I, I know I mentioned MLS Cup. I guess I have to take that back. That's a little bit too early to start saying that. But if they continue to play like this, yeah, I think they are a legitimate contender. But you're right. The defense is really suspect. If anything were to happen to Zalatan, whether it would be an injury, whether teams figure out how to finally defend him, um, they are. Uh, there is a very, very thin margin for error, I think, is probably the way I would put it. Right now, they look really great. But I'm I'm not ready to say they're the 27 Yankees right now. No, I mean, that all makes sense. I, I, get, I get where you're coming from. I will tell you this. I don't think that they're anywhere near an MLS Cup contender. You look at the top teams in the league, and listen, I'm not saying they're far away from it, um, but I think when you look at teams like Atlanta United, who's the clear favorite right now, the Galaxy would lose to them in any two-game series you want to play right now. Uh, I probably feel similarly about New York City FC, although there's a little stumble there. FC Dallas has already shown, at least early in the season, uh, that they're way better than the LA Galaxy, Kevin. So, I mean, you know, are, are they going to be that? Can the Galaxy beat them to get through it? That would be a tough thing. You know, I think they're very even with LAFC. In fact, in terms of goals for and goals against, the teams are almost exactly alike. Uh, the Galaxy dominated Columbus. So they're probably there. So is this a top seven or top eight team in Major League Soccer right now? It's close. It's close. And so I think if you get there and you can find some improvements on the defensive side and continue that offensive output, uh, whether it's from Zlatan or anybody else, I think there's enough offensive players on this team that you can certainly spread around those goals to a bunch of people. So I'm not concerned that they're relying on Zlatan, although certainly their style of play has been adjusted to fit Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And without him, it's going to be interesting to see how they do against Colorado coming up this weekend. But... 
All that being said, they're borderline contenders. Uh, if they can fix some defensive issues without, I think, dismantling anything offensively, without changing the offense's production, then yeah, I mean, they, they can be. Uh, it just They're going to have to get a lot better on defense for them to ever think about you know being a legitimate contender for MLS Cup. But I will say this, Kevin, that if you're <laughs> that if you're looking at this team and what they were able to do from last year to this year, and if the Galaxy can finish in the top four um, in the Western Conference or within the top six or seven in the league, uh, I think you have to say that this season was a success. And I know Galaxy fans just rolled over in their graves saying it's not a success uh, unless there's an MLS Cup involved. But I think it's a success in terms of building towards and stepping for. And I think the Galaxy would definitely be contenders going into the offseason this year um, and maybe picking those pieces and doing some things, maybe maybe ridding themselves of, of some unproductive contracts and fixing and tweaking a little bit here and there. Because you're talking about a team now that is maybe, Kevin, three, maybe four pieces away instead of a team that's 15 pieces away. Yeah, this is not a, a supporter shield team. Uh, no. I, I don't think they're anywhere close to supporter shield. But currently as currently constituted and with the way Zlatan is playing, if they get in the playoffs, they could be very dangerous. I mean, I, I drank the Kool-Aid on Zlatan clearly. And I, when, I've seen what yesterday I saw again for the third or fourth time what he can do. I mean, if they're playing in a playoff series and they're losing, my money's on 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 the Galaxy. It's money on Zolatan just to simply will them uh, to a victory. He reminds me of the kid, you know, when we, we all played Little League Baseball, there was one kid that, you know, at 11 was already shaving and had two kids and just, you know, was the best player by far uh, that dominated everything. That's how Zolatan looks. He looks like he's a man playing against kids. And And another good thing is he's skipping the All-Star game which will give him some rest, which I think he clearly needs. Remember, in addition to the knee surgery, in addition to his age, he has not played regularly since, uh, well, in 15 months. He didn't play. He played two or three games at Manchester United. Did not, I think he played one in 90 minutes uh, in the in the 2017-18 uh, season. So he's fatigued. And so when you look at the schedule, he's not going to go to the All-Star game. He's suspended for Colorado. Then the Galaxy play Minnesota at home. Then they go to CenturyLink Field. I don't think he makes that trip. So you have Zlatan playing, you know, one game in the next three to four weeks, and then he plays LAFC at home. I think that's a, probably a rest coming at a very, very good time for him. And I think it will really, if he can avoid injury, I think it will really help the Galaxy going down the stretch. Yeah, very well could. He'll get two home games, like you said, uh, Saturday, August 11th against Minnesota. Uh, Galaxy will host them, and then they'll host very shortly after that uh, against uh, against the Colorado Rapids as that return leg comes on a Tuesday night. Remember, be prepared for a Tuesday night game, all right? I just don't want it to, sh to, to climb up or, or shock you. August 14th, Tuesday night is when that'll be playing. So all that stuff, and then the Galaxy, of course, will play after the All-Star game. The All-Star game is on Wednesday, 4.30 p.m. You can find that game on ESPN. Uh, you can watch that All-Star game. Jonathan Dos Santos will be playing in it. Um, Tato Martino, oh, I think Tato Martino said that uh, nobody will get more than 45 minutes, and everybody will get at least 30 minutes, I believe is what he said. So I'm really excited by that game. We're having a, a viewing party at my house. Oh, good. Everybody's invited to the Pandas house. That's how it works. Uh, the LA Galaxy face off against the Colorado Rapids away at altitude without sloth on Ibrahimovic on Saturday August 4th, Roman Allison Journey will be back with the team after being suspended this last game. Uh, Michael Ciani currently on yellow card watch, so he could be suspended after his next yellow card. Galaxy fit, sit in third place in the Western Conference, Kevin, and of course, seventh place in the Supporter Shield right now. So, nine-game unbeaten streak. The Galaxy continue to cruise, uh, even though they do it in the most heart 
heart attack way, the heart the heart attacking way. I don't I don't know. I was trying for something there and it, it went sideways. So uh, that's where we have. Just a reminder again, panda and pato in the morning t-shirts for sale. Sale. No way. Yes, absolutely. I, I know you're Don shocked. Don Dwyer wants one. I know he does. I will send it to his address in Kansas City. Right. Um, that's where he is. That's, that's where he should be. That's what I think Eric and I were talking about Dom Dwyer on Thursday night, and and Eric said uh, that's Kevin Baxter's Dom Dwyer. So you've taken ownership of Dom Dwyer. Uh, which is always nice. Um, but no, you can get those. Cornerofthegalaxy.com, click on the shop button, and then scroll on down. You'll see a picture of the uh, the Panda and Pato t-shirt, and you can just click on that. It'll take you to the link. How it works is you order it. Uh, this The campaign runs for three weeks. After the three weeks are up, that's when they will print, and that's when they will ship. So if you order it now, it's going to be a little while before you get your shirts, but they will be here, I think, right around uh, the beginning of September uh, is whenever that all starts, or it could even be the end of August after everything goes through the three weeks. All right? I- I'm hearing everybody likes Panda better than Pato. Clearly. In fact, someone came with a, a fan yesterday. Uh, Sarah. Not, uh, Sarah. Sarah came with a fan, yes. From China with a panda on it. Yes, to, to inform you that pandas are from China and not Sweden. Apparently, I am big in China. I did not know that I was that I had so many fans in China. There's, they have pandas everywhere there. That's That's what I hear. That's what I hear. All right. Uh, let's see. Anything else, Kevin, you want to get to, or are we done? I think we're done. All right, that works for me. Uh, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter, you, of course, can find him at KBaxter11 on Twitter. Head on over to the LA Times, where he does all of this wonderful soccer reporting, covering uh, World Cups, covering the two teams in Southern California, and, of course, any other soccer news that pops up. He's your guy right there at the LATimes.com. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGuessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and, of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com, where we have a recap we also have an article coming up about Ashley Cole in the defense after the game in Orlando, so you want to check that out as well. Our podcasts are there. Our scarves are there. People have been ordering scarves a little bit, so if you still want to do that, they are there and ready to ship out whenever you are. All right, for Mr. Uh, Kevin Baxter, I'm Josh Kessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We will catch you later. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.